This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this podcast is based on the Four Faith Weekly Devotion sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe to Four Faith in the episode's description. Bishop, this week's devotion you entitled Rendezvous. And it was really kind of not a desperate thing. I, it was full of emotion. And I was moved by it because I feel like I, I have experienced God in desperation. Yet I was curious. Why Isaiah? Why did you choose that passage rather than a passage of, say, you know, the New Testament or, you know, gospel? Yeah, I well, you know, in our tradition as as Episcopalians, as Anglicans, you know, we look at four pieces of scripture, you know, every <laughs> Sunday normatively. And so, uh, you know, I think we unfortunately and unnecessarily limit ourselves if we only, uh, you know, look to the New Testament. Uh, I've been um, preaching from the lectionary, uh, that list of of of, uh, of readings scripture readings for over 20 years. And so I have looked at lots of different texts and preached lots of different things over lots of different years. And so what I try to to do when I'm looking at all of those lessons to start is to to find one that speaks uh, to now. Uh, Find one that seems to have something to say uh, more directly than its three counterparts. And so to me, when Isaiah talks about, um, you know, uh, not fainting and, and walking and running, uh, you know, without exhaustion and waiting uh, on the Lord, uh, to me, that fits for where we are right now. We're, we, we're in a new presidential cycle, and yet we have to wait. Uh, vaccines are here. And yet many of us are having to wait. Um, uh, There's some slight improvement in some quarters with cases and hospitalizations and death, but the vast majority of us still have to wait. We are waiting until life resumes some sense of normalcy. And so so when I see this uh, from scripture, it, it, it gets my imagination going. So you talk about rendezvous and really meeting God. And yeah. I find it, it's a little bit of a paradox because oftentimes when people are at their lowest in the valley, that's when they feel the greatest chasm or void between themselves and God. I don't know yeah. if you've experienced that, but I'm wondering how this passage explains that sort of thing or what the invitation is there. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And I didn't want people to read this and think that, oh, there's some sort of quid pro quo, uh, you know, at your at your bottom and at your most broken. Um, but it it does seem from scripture and in, in my experience and having talked to lots of people that that there is something about the connective tissue that happens and maybe rehappens uh, when we are weak and out of strength and out of ideas and maybe even desperate. There is something that happens there. And and sometimes what is happening, even in that moment, is not, you know, there's no lightning that's flashing and no thunder that's rolling. But but we become, 
a little bit more at one with ourselves and perhaps we become more at one with God. Perhaps we become more ready in those instances to receive. Perhaps we, we become a little less convinced that our way is the best way, that our right is God's right. And so I, I think what happens at those rendezvous sometimes is obvious and empirical. And I think that sometimes it's not. I think sometimes it's, it's an adjustment. It's a, it's a calibration. Um, it, it is about God becoming our actual God. Um, uh, Dr. King talked about this, uh, you know, at midnight at a coffee, t- at, at his kitchen table, um, how up to then he, he knew how to talk about God, but it was in that moment, right in the middle of everything, when everything was raging, when he was out of strength and couldn't find any comfort in his wife or in his coffee or, or, or in his eloquence and his, his bright mind that he had to call on God. Now he heard uh, in a small, still voice. And sometimes many of us have, but sometimes what we don't, we don't hear anything, right? But somehow, and this is hard to articulate, somehow we feel like um, we have some sort of affirmation. And then lastly, I would say for some of us, we look back at those breaking moments, those weakness moments, those almost fainting moments. And uh, with a perspective that's only that we can only have with hindsight, that helps us know that that moment somehow was the beginning moment. And so th- this is why I call it rendezvous because s- s- whether it's obvious or not, something important happens in that moment. I'm reminded of Seneca's um, song, and again, yeah, <laughs> Seneca. Um, I forget the people who did it. It's every new beginning comes from some other beginnings end. Sure. (laughs) Seneca, that's a Seneca quote that somebody, of course, uh, I don't know who it was, but anyway, um, forgive me. I'm, I'm, I'm just struck by the invitation we have when we're at our lowest and inner depths. And so, um, let's talk more about that after a short break. If you're enjoying Four People with Bishop Rob Wright, we encourage you to subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome back to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Bishop, I don't know if you heard it, but after I was closing out before a break, you went, and I didn't know if you had anything to say before I asked the next (laughs) question. No, I'm just, I'm always grateful for the exchange. Okay. Well, in your devotion, you talk about Crossroad and I can't help but wonder, you know, it's filled with kind of desperation, a lot of emotion and how we were being welcomed and invited to, you know, to, to rendezvous or meet or um, experience the divine in our lives. Yes. But you, you mentioned a crossroad. Yes. And I'm I'm curious what you think our crossroad is right now. Maybe that's more motivation for why you chose this passage. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, what am I really at base, right? I'm a Christian pastor, right? And and I'm an encourager. And so and so my job, my vocation, my privilege is to try to give the medicine of of our tradition, 
uh, of our sacraments, of our teachings as Christians, as followers of Jesus, and, and apply those to the wounds of the world. So, so the crossroads to me is where the pain is. I mean, look, look at all the pain in our world right now. Uh, I mean, you, you have people who are fainting for fear. You have people who have given themselves over to hatred. Uh, you have people who are dying and dying alone and sickness without uh, remedy and without recourse. You have, I mean, literally we have, uh, uh, we have trucks outside of hospitals to keep dead bodies cold. Um, we have some vaccines, but now the vaccines are running out, and we haven't gotten nearly enough uh, folks uh, uh, vaccinated. Uh, our young people are going stir-crazy because all they know is screens now. Uh, uh, suicide is up. Um uh, you know, uh, some marriages have been made so much stronger uh, by these last almost 12 months, and some have, have utterly failed and exploded. Um, and, and so we, we are at a crossroads. And I, I think that uh, uh, when I think about the, the church, I think the church is out of her element. She, she's used to convening and being in person and taking strength from one another, but that has changed now for good reason. Uh, I, I think the average person now is bombarded with images uh, of, of everything that's wrong, you know, in the world. And so I think we are at a crossroads. To me, I thank God for Isaiah. I mean, I, Isaiah, he, he, gives, uh, he gives the right, the right medicine at the right time, uh, which, is, which is to remind us uh, that we have to wait on the Lord. And I, and I, and I would say that the, the crossroads, is, is that it's the waiting that, that, that helps to make souls, if I can say it that way. It's the waiting that makes us mature, right? We are forced into a situation where we can, we can give up or we can hold on to hope. We can double down on hope. And what we've realized in watching the news and other things is, is that, you know, there's a lot of sinking sand all around us. And so, you know, uh, what I'm hoping uh, that ends up being the opportunity of this pandemic and so much more is that more mature Christians are being made even as we speak. People who are resolute now in holding on to God and holding out for God and waiting on the Lord and who will know that they know that God is the giver of strength. So, so that's why I chose Isaiah. That's the crossroads. I mean, there's always a choice. That's why the Bible says, choose this day whom you will serve. Choose this day. And I think that, I think that you know, in this desperate moment that we find ourselves in, we, we've got to make, be more conscious with that. You might have to say that to yourself. I mean, you might add that to your daily affirmation. I choose Jesus Christ mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. I choose yes. to walk with him, walk beside him, you know. Uh, I, I choose to do my very best. Uh, maybe we need to make it that real. I choose to look for ways to make Christ known today. Um, I, and I, and I, I think that I think the opportunity here is is that uh, these macro events are forcing us to sort of be micro angels, if I can say that. In other words, find the small stuff in the day where you can be a blessing, where you can be an encouragement. Where, where you can be, you know, sort of the wing, the, the air under somebody else's wing. 
And, and so, you know, Isaiah just gets all that stirred up. Yeah, there's desperation, but, you know, storms pass. Now, they cause hell and they wreak havoc, that's for sure. And this one has. But storms pass. And so, and so what we want to do and what I want people to do, if you want to know what I want, what I want people to do is to uh, give God something in this season. Mm. You know, we, we ask God for an awful lot, but I sure would like to give God some faith uh, in this storm. So when I get out of the storm, I can have the joy of knowing that that happened because God is deserving of that. And so when, when Isaiah is saying this to his nation and to his people, I think it, it echoes down the hallways of time to us. And it's like, yeah, we're struggling. Absolutely right. But what do you want to give God in this struggle? And how do we practice that day in and day out? We just wrapped up the Forma Conference a couple of weeks ago, and um, the the theme of the conference was embodying spiritual practice. And when you were talking about choice, I was thinking really kind of snarky. Like I always say to my son, make good choices. <laughs> have <laughs> have to embarrass him, have to embarrass him. But when you were talking about it, I'm like, oh gosh, that would be a really great spiritual practice. Living intentionally is also living mindfully. And what choices are we making day in and day out to live for God and make the world a better place? So what strikes me most about the last of Isaiah that you talk about in your devotion is um, the promise that scripture makes us is that there's a real world difference making power that seeks to renew us. And that's the choice, right? <laughs> like there's choices every day, but we can certainly make better choices than others. So I'm wondering if you feel like there's um, an invitation for us to consider about the choices we make. What are the good choices? What are the bad choices people are making? Yeah. So I think that, uh, I think that according to our tradition, the, 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 I, won't, I don't like good and bad because that can get so polarizing. I think that, there, that the better choice is always to choose God. And I think that what Isaiah is saying is the better choice is to wait on God, uh, wait on the Lord. And, and it talks about God's searching understanding, right? And so I, I think that the temptation for some of us is to think that we have no advocate, think that we have no resources, that somehow God has fallen asleep on the job. Therefore, we're left to our own devices and therefore we make all manner of hell happen. <laughs> when, you know, when you're in a hole, stop digging, right? And so, and so this is that spiritual experience that that I think that what I what I also uh, you know in addition to being a Christian pastor and in addition to being someone who who loves to encourage because I have been encouraged by so many people you know what I also love is I love uh, meeting people men women young people who who somehow know uh, that God is real and able and good and generous for themselves. Like they don't need some preacher to, to, to whip them up. They, 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 they have learned their, oh, they have their own spiritual photo album. And, and, and to me, that feels like when you meet someone who loves the same band as you love and who knows all the lyrics that you know, and you, you have this fast friendship. Uh, and, and, and so I'm always trying to convene that, facilitate that. And, and that's what I want too, is I want, 
Uh, and we as Episcopalians can be awfully coy about our God moments. And I, I think one of the ways now to meet this moment is to, to talk about the ways in which we've seen God, know God, that, that goodness is around us, that how God has intervened. Look, if God doesn't have power to intervene in our real lives, then this whole enterprise is a waste of time. And I'm not afraid to say that. And I'm not afraid to say that because I have seen God move in God's power and in God's time. And, and I know that I'm not the only one. And I, those, those, that intervene, those intervenings and those difference-making uh, uh, activities in my life have made all the difference. And it wasn't always what I asked for. It was so much more. And everything came right round. I'm not a perfect man, but things have come right round, and there's marks of healing and wholeness. And so uh, when, when we do this as, as individuals, and when we do this as families, when we give ourselves over to this, when we wait, when we teach our children how to wait on God, to factor in God's timing, I think we are setting ourselves up to know God in God's fullness. And, and this is what the world needs, I think. They, they're looking for the genuine article. They're not looking for the dazzle and the sizzle. They're just looking for somebody who, who knows, who's heard from headquarters. <laughs> hmm. And they want it right now. Yeah. Well. And so right. <laughs> we gotta wait. <laughs> well, that, that's that's the hard part, you know. I, I I'm give me three seconds to tell you my old man. You know, everybody's you know, older you get, you get old man stories. And so I remember in a in a distant universe that when there was a bad storm when I was a little boy, our parents told us to sit down and be still uh, while the storm raged. And, you know, there we had to wait until the storm passed. And, 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 and while that was painful as a very energetic youngster, um, I see some of the wisdom in that now, in acknowledging that I have no control in this moment, in acknowledging that, you know, there is one who is above all of this. Now's a good time to seek God's face. And now's a good time to just sort of, be still, still yourself. Still, being still is a part of sort of the economy of living. You know, music is not all notes. It has rests, right? If it was just notes, it'd be chaos. And so I think that there's an invitation here that Isaiah is trying to call us into that, you know, a little less chaos, right? A little more beauty uh, in the way that we are uh, notes and rests. And and here's the, the here's the redeeming piece here is, is that God is not just saying, just do this because this is an interesting exercise. He's saying that, you know, I want to renew you. I want you to know for yourself. I mean, think about that. I want you to know for yourself. My fantasy, of course, uh, whenever I, uh, when I was a rector uh, uh, in my congregation, uh, was to, I, I told him, I said, what would it be like if, if we could get together on Sunday morning? Uh, and it wasn't about what the preacher was saying, but we came to this place to agree that God is good and, and to agree out loud that God had made a way for us in the week previous uh, and that God had been with us in the hospital and been with us in the lawyer's office, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's a whole different paradigm shift for a gathering of believers to begin to invite people to think about how God has been real to them, how God has sustained them, how God has met them, 
and for them to give voice to that. that I think that's the best definition of church. Anything less than that is a little too codependent for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, gosh, uh, Bishop, I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, thank you so much for listening and tuning in to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll be back with you next week.